For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to John Lund, KNBR radio host, 10 to 2 weekdays, Monday to Friday. You can also hear him before 49er games and after 49er games on KNBR doing the pre- and post-game show about the 49ers matchup this weekend, their first nationally televised game, Sunday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles come in 0-2-1. Doug Peterson may be on the hot seat. Was Carson Wentz the right guy to give the extension to? And Nick Mullins, does he have a legitimate shot to become a starter in the NFL? It's Friday. October 2nd. Pleasure to be joined by John Lund. He's the pregame host for the San Francisco 49ers on KNBR. You hear him 10 to 2 with Greg Papa on KNBR. And he's my good friend. (laughs) John, how are you, man? We are good friends. Yeah. In a Hunter Pence, Buster Posey kind of way. Exactly, dude. It's good to talk to you, man. It's been sort of an an interesting start of the season so far. And uh, I guess just from a base standpoint with the 49ers, looking above in the sky, big picture, are you surprised at the depth they've shown so far early in the season with the injuries? Or do you look at the last two games and you go, yeah, there's depth, but it's the Jets and the Giants? I'm always of the opinion that you're playing in the NFL, and we see it every single year, that teams will get beat. And I know a lot of people probably don't agree with this because it was the Giants. But to me, that's one of Kyle's most impressive victories because what it shows is that everybody's prepared. And we are at the point now where John and Kyle have been here long enough. These are his type of players. You see this in college all the time where you want a recruiting cycle in. And then all those players know from the beginning what your expectation level is. Well, that's where John and Kyle are. These are their players. I know Dennis Brown does great podcasts with you guys. And he's the one who told me this. It doesn't matter when you are a great team who comes in. It is next man up. And sometimes you laugh at that, like, you're not going to replace a Bosa. Well, for a short period of time, he did. Kerry Hyder Jr. did a great job. The one thing I would say, though, against that is we see this in every single sport. You can't do it forever. So you're going to overexpose guys if you have to play them too long. But a Nick Mullins for three or four games, I think he'd be fine. Go on down the line. Some of these guys who replace players, I think for a few weeks at a time, that they can be effective players. But when you go over a 16-game schedule, I think the mean will come to the center. But for now, these guys can replace certain guys. They can do it for a few weeks. Then what starts happening is teams will game plan for those guys, and then it becomes more and more difficult to do. But for the short term and for that game, I don't care if it was the Giants, to have that many injuries and to play that well and blow them out the way that they did, that's impressive regardless of opponent. You mentioned preparation for the 49ers, and and that's what we – three was was you saw how prepared they were because of the depth of the team and you mentioned that in the victory there over the Giants we've talked about Bill Belichick and his offense is one of the most prepared teams for a long time like he game plans better than anybody and it'll take some time before Kyle gets there but I'm sort of getting that feel that it's like you can plug and play a running back you can plug and play a Jimmy G for a Tom Brady you can plug and play a Nick Mullins for a Jimmy G we're starting to see that system where it seems like because of Kyle's system you can plug and play guys because they've gotten the right, as you referred to it earlier, the right recruiting class into their system. Well, that's what it is. They're all deep. I mean, look at all the running backs. I think that Raheem Mostert is probably the top, but you look at the kind of depth that they get. They know what they're looking for. It doesn't matter when they pick them. They've got guys like Mostert, who's a free agent, and Breed in the past, who's a free agent. It just doesn't matter. You go out to the receivers, same kind of a thing. You get a Kendrick Bourne who is starting to evolve. That's a free agent type of a guy. He has a certain player he's looking for. We all thought that when he was going to go after a receiver in the last draft, it was going to be Jerry Judy or it was going to be CeeDee Lamb. It ended up being Brandon Ayuk because Ayuk is the type of receiver that he's looking for. He's similar to Debo Samuel. He's versatile. When they're on the field, and he talks about this all the time, 
When offensive players, skill position players are on the field, you don't know what they're going to do. George Kittle can block and catch. IU can catch, run, block. You get into all these different things where the uh, Raheem Mostert can run, can block, can catch. So when you have personnel on the field for the 49ers, you don't know what they're going to do. They could run, they could throw, they could do, you know, you're talking jet sweep, all these different things that's versatile. It makes it really difficult to do. Same thing defensively. Go over to the defensive line. Chris Cusera, great coach, brings in a couple of guys in Kerry Hyder Jr. that he knows. These type of guys can play inside, outside. Fred Warner, same kind of a thing. I think that's why he was so versatile. They take a guy that was a nickelback, a safety at BYU, they make him into a linebacker. All these different guys can cross-train at different positions, both offensively and defensively, and they all know what they have to do. And these are the type of players, a versatile player. You mentioned the Patriots, same kind of a situation. They want a certain kind of a player, and that's the type of player that they bring in. And the irony of this game is, last time they played the Philadelphia Eagles, Kyle Shanahan hadn't won a game. It was 2017 on October 29th. They got beat 33-10. to 10. They got absolutely crushed as far as injuries are concerned. Lost both their tackles. Jimmy Ward going down the line. Eagles are 7-1 and one and were on their way to winning a Super Bowl. And the 49ers were 0-8 at that point. The next day, they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo. So he didn't have his players. But since he's gotten his players, they're going to get some revenge, I think, on the Eagles this weekend. Well, the irony in that is that he doesn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. It doesn't look like he's going to have Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday. Now, the flip side of that coin is that Rich Scangarello, who had been the quarterback coach who found Nick Mullins, is now in Philadelphia working on that staff. How about that little uh, wrinkle in this matchup this week? Yeah, and I know that people think, okay, he's the one who kind of recruited Nick Mullins. He was the one who pounded the table for Nick Mullins. He's going to know Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins has gotten a lot better since he came here, and I understand that they're going to have maybe some insights into this whole thing, but that's how the NFL works. It's incestuous. You're going to know a lot of different kind of players, and this is what you just talked about. I expect Nick Mullins to come in regardless of who knows what, execute an offensive game plan that will play to his strengths, and when Jimmy comes back, Jimmy comes back, and I know there is that talk out there, and it's not within the building because Kyle shut it down pretty quickly, that when Jimmy's healthy, this is going to be Jimmy's team, but to have Nick Mullins, who, as you said, Scandrella knows very, very well, I think he'll still be effective against the team. I know offensively that is banged up, but defensively they've got some issues as well. I kind of wonder about him because he's a, a restricted free agent after this season. I don't know that there's a huge market for him. He looks like he's a starter. He looks like he's going to be successful and like he's a, a great backup right now. The Kyle offense is predicated on that quick decision-making, short passing game, and he's accurate. He makes quick decisions. Do you think he's more of a product of the system, or do you think he's a guy who could actually take the reins of an offense? I think of him, and I look at guys like Matt Flynn who have stepped in and had sporadic success but not, but not long-standing success. Yeah, I look at that. Here's the other thing, too. There's politics involved when you get a quarterback. So what you want is you want your guy, right? So Scandrello would be a guy where you'd say, well, maybe we bring him in because Carson Wentz is struggling lead to the league in interceptions and turnovers in general and lost a lot of confidence. But they brought in Jalen Hurts. Doug Peterson was part of bringing that guy in. When you bring in a quarterback and he's going to be your guy, and generally speaking, a coach is connected to a quarterback – you want it to be your guy. So who's he connected to? There's a few teams in the league. There's no doubt Denver has Drew Locke, who's hurt right now, but is Drew Locke the answer there? There's probably four or five positions that'll be open from a quarterback standpoint in the offseason. But again, a lot of those are by a bad team. So if it's Jacksonville, they still have Minshew. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick. There's going to be three or four quarterbacks taken. And then everybody else, these jobs are scarce. It's like musical chairs. But back to the original point, which is if you want to bring in Mullins, your job as a coach may depend on it. 
and he doesn't live up to the size, the speed, the arm, all those kind of things where you could go to your general manager and say, well, geez, he checked off all the boxes. We just missed on the guy. If you bring in Mullins, you better be really convicted. You better have a lot of conviction that he's going to be the guy because when you put a chart up there of what a quarterback's supposed to look like, he doesn't look like it. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Well, you're absolutely right, too, because I was watching some of the Doug Peterson press conferences over the last couple of days. And for a guy who won a Super Bowl a few years ago, and maybe it's Philadelphia, he kind of appears to be like on the hot seat, the way they're grilling him at the start to the season, 0-2-1. And part of that, as you mentioned, being tied to a quarterback, they let Nick Foles walk, and then they give the extension to Carson Wentz. He's going to be tied to that guy. That's his guy. He put his eggs in that basket. I saw them ask him um, about Carson Wentz the other day, and he just kind of went, you know, if you played quarterback in the NFL, that's when, when you see coaches start to get back on the media seems like maybe there's some tension there do you think he's on the hot seat what is your scope on that I think you're always in the hot seat in Philadelphia we had Sal Palantoni on on our show recently from ESPN who's based in Philadelphia and it's hard I think on the west coast you know this you know we're not as hard on guys if you win something we'll give you a number of years to be okay whether it's the Giants or the Warriors or whatever the Warriors can have a 15 and 50 season and we're fine with it in Philadelphia, they just won the Super Bowl in 2017. You'd think you'd have a grace period. There's no grace period there. People want him out. They took Jalen Hurts in the second round, even though he didn't have an offseason with the team, and Sal Palantonio told us he's not even near ready to play or start. They may be forced just because people get so angry there, and there is no grace time. If you win a Super Bowl and the next year you stink, you're out. Carson Wentz has lost confidence. He's had a ton of injuries. He's tied for the league lead in interceptions with Kirk Cousins. He's had the most turnovers in general. If they don't start winning games, the grace period is over for him and Peterson, even though he just, Peterson just signed a contract extension, as did win. See, that's why you got to do the uh, the Pat Riley thing, dude. You roll down to Miami where they don't win anything, and then you win a couple, and then you're just you're set for life, dude. You just kick it up in that box. You got to live in that kind of a town where we're like, hey, cool. I think five years ago you might have won a title, so we're cool. You know, that's <laughs> Ochi had a lifetime contract. Steve Kerr has a lifetime contract. You don't have a lifetime contract in Philadelphia, whether you're a player or a coach. Dude, Pat Riley fired Van Gundy, and then he's like, yeah, I'll coach him. I'll just step on the floor, dude. I'll just do it. That was insane, dude. But anyway, John, great. Yeah, it's funny, man. Great stuff, dude. Great stuff. I'll talk to you on Sunday morning, dude. We'll do the, uh, the pregame together. Sunday afternoon, I should say. So appreciate the time today, man. Cope, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to John, man. Sometimes when Papa's out, I get a chance to fill in and hang with him, and he's uh, he's a fun guy to talk sports with just across the board, but good little outlook on the 49ers for this week, and I think he's right. The politics of playing quarterback in the NFL are such a major factor, and I think that's why a lot of guys who maybe have the ability or have the talent to become a starter don't end up starters because they get thrust into that role maybe a little bit too soon. You wonder what would have happened had Aaron Rodgers had to step in in the way Alex Smith did immediately. Would their careers have gone differently? Who knows? But uh, certainly something to watch watch and, and pay attention to with Nick Mullins as, uh, as he may make the start again on Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo, at least through Thursday, had not practiced this week. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the update, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash update to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. 
Thank you to Brian. Thank you to John. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, comment, share, send it to everyone you know. Let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. And if there's any stories you'd like to hear about, we're loving the football talk. Maybe we'll dive into a little more Raider stuff next week. But on Monday, we are going to talk to Andy Baggerly, a little wrap-up of the San Francisco Giants 2020 season and what they'll look to do in 2021. A little hint, they've said they think they're a playoff team. So enjoy the weekend, enjoy the 49ers on Sunday, and we will talk to you guys on Monday.